Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Mary Magdalene, or as Luke refers to her, Mary, also called Magdalene, appears in every resurrection account. She is listed first in every resurrection account and is first to the tomb in every resurrection account. Clearly, she had become a compelling and honored person in the Christian community. In fact, the word Magdala means tower. Magdala was a village on the west coast of the Sea of Galilee, and she may have been from there, but she may also have been known as Mary the Tower among the early Christian community. Yet only John has this very intimate and beautiful story of Mary Magdalene and Jesus, though there is a reflection of it in Matthew's account. But before we visit that, let me till the soil of John's gospel for a few minutes before we dig into Mary the Tower and Jesus the Gardener. There are a number of things in John's gospel that link it to the Genesis creation accounts, the one in chapter one and in chapter two and three. And a number of the, almost all of them, I'm gonna go through them quickly, pray for me. Um, this is, I love this stuff, but we could, pray for me. Yes, um, almost all of these are only in John's gospel that link it to Genesis 1 and 2 and 3. The first and the most obvious, which some of you are already thinking of, is the very first verse in Genesis 1 and in John 1. In the beginning, Genesis says God created and God said let there be light. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was the light, and the Word was life. This may be a stretch, but I like it. Behold the man, which we heard Friday in the uh, passion narrative from John's gospel, when Pilate brings out Jesus and to the world says, behold, the man is only in John's gospel. And note that it said, on the sixth day. And if you remember the Genesis account, it was on the sixth day that God said to God's self, let's make man in our image. And God created humankind in the image of God and male and female and actually said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and rule over it. Only John's gospel has Jesus saying from the cross, it is finished. As he bowed his head, gave up his spirit, 
and went to rest on the seventh day. It is finished. That's how the first creation account ends. Not it is finished, but God finished all of his creation and rested on the seventh day from the work he had done. Only John, in his account, actually in in all the Gospels, not just the uh, crucifixion, resurrection accounts, only John has a garden. John says in the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had been laid. So note this, Jesus was lifted up and crucified on a tree in a garden and then buried in that garden. Might be a coincidence, but I think John and the Holy Spirit are making a link. Jesus said in the beginning of his time in Jerusalem, the beginning of our Holy Week, When some people were seeking him, he said, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. This is in John 12. Truly, truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Speaking of himself. Okay, the next one is in all the resurrection accounts. And it's the emphasis that it was on the first day of the week. On the first day of the week, they went to the tomb. With this nod, they all make this nod to the new creation. God is beginning a new creation on the first day of the week. Two more. Next, Mary supposed him to be the gardener. This is different than the garden. She supposed him to be the gardener. Again, unique. Genesis 2, God is a gardener. God planted a garden in Eden. And a few verses later, the Lord took the man whom he had made and put him in the garden to till it and keep it. God is a gardener and the first human is a gardener. And lastly, for now, for today, that is, only John records in the next section, after Mary goes and talks to the disciples, that Jesus comes to them and breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. No other account says that. That's what it says in Genesis 2. God formed the human, breathed into him the life-giving spirit. I hope you're convinced there's some connections. Back to Mary Magdalene. This is her first and only appearance in the Gospel of John as we have received it. So it's pretty remarkable, a remarkable story for a one-off appearance. What little we do know about her is that, is from John, uh, excuse me, from Luke 8, 
where she's referenced as first among a group of women who accompanied Jesus and provided for Jesus. Um, and it says these women were, had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. And then it says Mary, also called Magdalene, was freed of seven evil spirits. So we could say this Mary was fully demonized. There's hope for every single one of us, no matter what we have been through. You can be fully demonized and Jesus will come for you. Consider with me, Mary the Tower. Consider her search for the body of her Lord. You know, she never says his name in this account. She can't bring herself to say his name. But consider her search for the body of Jesus, her longing, her desire, her faithfulness, her presence. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, she searches for the tomb. She goes and consults with the disciples. She talks to angels. And she engages a gardener, the gardener. I do think there's a reference here. And again, I'm trying to go quick through this. So if some of this stirs you, go home and dig into it. But there's likely a reference here also to the Song of Solomon where the beloved refers to herself as a garden. And where in chapter four of Song of Solomon, she searches for her beloved who she cannot find all night. Notice Mary's love. Notice her attachment, her indebtedness, her grief her hearing and recognizing Jesus' voice, her holding Jesus and being sent by Jesus as an apostle to the apostles. This is beautiful stuff. But what I'm really curious about this morning and I want to think about with you is why did Mary think that Jesus was the gardener. I mean, as John records it, her eyesight was pretty good, okay? Like, she found the empty tomb in the dark, okay? She found her way back to the disciples. She comes back where those disciples only saw, you know, grave clothes she looks in and sees angels. Her vision is really good. It's exceptional. So why does she think, why, or one way to translate it is, it seemed to her that he was the gardener. Why did he seem to be the gardener? It, it could be that she just assumed the only person who would be there before the sun came up was the gardener. 
or that she just was so disoriented in her tears um, that that was just her implicit you know, thought. That's what I've always thought. But I've been thinking about it. What if he had actually been gardening? What if Mary thought he was the gardener because he had been gardening? Is that a crazy thought? Could it be that when she came back with the other two or followed them because they were so fast and they're running, um, that she saw him in the garden gardening? That, I don't know, but that's what I'm thinking today that Jesus was gardening, that Mary is an exceptional person and her vision was great. And he seemed to be a garden, gardener because he was gardening. And if he wasn't, he began gardening with Mary or he continued his gardening with Mary and for Mary. Remember, God is a gardener. The first human was a gardener. Jesus is God. Jesus is the first human, really, now. Jesus is a gardener. So think about with me how Jesus tends to Mary and gardens her life, her soul. He honors her tears, doesn't rebuke her, doesn't say you shouldn't be crying. He's curious. Why are you, why are you weeping? In the other gospels, the, the, the women and the disciples get basically rebuked, like, don't be afraid. You shouldn't. Why are you weeping? And then he's inquiring about her heart in a beautiful, like we know who's talking to her, right? As, as listeners. But he says, who are you looking for? It's so sweet and beautiful as he gently cares for her heart. And then he speaks her name. And she's quickened, she comes alive. She, she, recognize, she hadn't recognized his voice yet, but she recognizes who it is when he says, Mary. Jesus had said earlier in this gospel, the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And later in that same John chapter 10, my, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Some of you have seen the Chosen series. I chose not to mention it in my last sermon because Taylor had just mentioned it the week before, but I'm going to today. They do a, the, very op the very first Chosen episode, I believe, begins with a little girl and her father, and the father is speaking some words from Isaiah 
to this little girl to comfort her. And then as the episode goes on, it's much later, and we have fully demonized, uh, she has another name as they fictionalize the story. But Jesus finds her, and Jesus says to her, from Isaiah 43, he says, Mary, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I believe Jesus is here saying that right now. Fear not. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Jesus let her hold him. Do not cling to me is not a rebuke of her holding him. Do not cling to me means we're going to have a different relationship now. You need to let me go. And as he says, I'm ascending to the Father. And as he begins instructing her about this new relationship, which he had talked about in John 14, 15, 16, he tells her, you go and tell my brothers about this new relationship. When I'm going to come by the Spirit and dwell with you and in you. No longer, no longer is it only those close to me in physical proximity that get to hear my voice and be ministered to by me. But anyone, anywhere will be able to, Mary, connect to me. A new relationship. He's tending and nurturing her in. Your life, too, is a garden. This is implied or explicitly stated in many places in the scripture. Your life is a garden. And that's a beautiful theme in, in many of the great saints in the history of the church who helped us learn how to grow in the Lord. Teresa of Avila speaks of our hearts and souls and lives as a garden that God plants, pulling out weeds just like Jesus had done for Mary Magdalene, planting good seed, but then God calls us to join him in tending our garden. And I will say, Teresa beautifully says that sometimes it's our own tears that water our garden. Tears that may be because we don't know where Jesus is or when in the world God's ever going to come and help me. 
Your life is a garden and God's world is a garden. And he works with us that we might work in his world to bring about its healing. The grave could not hold this one who was the resurrection and the life. Just try to kill and bury him, which is what they did. They planted him in a garden, dead. And he burst forth with unbelievable infinite fruit and to rule God's creation. I want to be like Mary Magdalene. I hope you do too. The gardener is looking for you on this Easter Sunday morning. He's looking for you. Will you look for him? Will you listen for him? And will you join him in his work of transforming you and healing his world, cultivating beauty and nourishment for the flourishing of everything? Fear not. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Thanks be to God.